subtitle of this message today is called The Shelter in the Storm. And we're going to talk about how the Lord Jesus is our shelter in the storm. Now, before I go any further, how many of you know what it's like to be in a storm? And I don't mean a weather storm. Okay, so I'm talking to the right, to the right group of people. Let me ask you one other question. How many of you ever prayed, the, prayed this prayer, Lord, what should I do? All right. Still in the same, same right place with the right people asking this, the same questions I always ask. Because those two things go together. When we're in those times when it, we feel like we're being threatened by an overwhelming storm of life and our deep desire to know the will of God. Those two things go together. And so that's why we're going to dig into this passage today. Uh, it, it's uh, primarily you're going to see about faith, but that faith that is called out of his disciples in this moment on the lake when they are in peril is the same faith that provides the shelter in the storm and the guidance that we need. So you're going to see how all of that fits together as we make our way through this. Verse 22, Luke chapter 8. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. Now this map that's on the screen here will show you kind of roughly the path that they were taking across the sea. They began in the area of Capernaum, crossed to an area called, uh, they were headed towards a city or a region of the Gadarenes, the city of Gadara. And uh, this is a picture of, uh, from somewhere in the middle of the Sea of Galilee of uh, the place they were headed. Gadara. So when Jesus says these words, when he says, let us cross over to the other side of the lake, this is kind of the view that the disciples would have had on that day. They were looking at a place he was intending for them to go. I'm going to read it again because this is important. Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And... They launched out. Verse 23. But as they sailed, he, Jesus, fell asleep. And a windstorm came up or came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. They were in danger. These tough uh, tradesmen of the sea, these men who knew what it was like to navigate every square inch of the Sea of Galilee. They, Galilee, they knew what it was like to deal with weather. Uh, these guys were fearful. So much so, they were afraid of their lives. They were afraid they were going to perish. And so when it says here, they were in jeopardy, that's what it's talking about. Real danger. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. Have you ever had one of those conversations with God? I'm going down here. Then he, Jesus, arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. That word rebuke in the original language is very strong. It's as though the Lord said, Stop it! And it stopped. And they ceased, and there was a calm. 
But he said to them, to his disciples, where is your faith? And they were afraid. And marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? He commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. So I've said that the, the main lesson in this passage is clearly and evidently faith. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. Impossible to please God. Why is that? Is that because God is just, you know, he likes to make sure that we, uh, you know, are as miserable as we can and proving our, our devotion to him? No, no, no. It's because he wants relationship with us above all others. Above, I mean, above all, everything else. Relationship. And every relationship of any value or meaning in your life is based on trust. If there's no trust, there is no relationship. There's acquaintance, familiarity, but there's no relationship. And God wants relationship with me and you. And so faith, trust is got to be there. And so this lesson of, uh, that uh, the disciples were engaged in with Jesus on the Sea of Galilee was all about that. It was all about trust. But trust in God and coming to that point of faith in him pro is, as I said before, what provides us shelter in the storm. And it is what provides us guidance. That longing in each of our hearts that you expressed a minute ago when you raised your hand and said, I pray, God, what should I do? That's, that's a prayer you've prayed. That longing of our hearts to know the will of God, that's related to trusting him. Trusting him. So let's talk about that for a few minutes before we go um, to Fuddruckers and have burgers later. <laughs> On your dime. No, I'm just kidding. Um, first, I want you to see that determining the will of God, receiving guidance from God, will always include a glimpse of the destination. Remember what Jesus said. I read it three times, but I'm going to read it once more now. Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. There's three clauses to that uh, statement that I want to dig into a little further, and I'm going to take them in reverse order. The last one, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. He was giving them a glimpse of their destination. It's on the screen here. He was showing we're going there. When you pray that prayer, God, what would you have me do? What you want to know is where are we going? But the truth is you want more than that. And that's the problem. You want to know the details of what's going to happen when you get there. Right? And the problem is, see, you, if you, you look at this picture that's on the screen, and he's saying to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. We're going there. But in this picture, you, I mean, it's, there's not much to see. Some stuff maybe looks like somebody's vineyard, perhaps, or some, maybe some rocks, trees, some dirt, and road. But there's no people there. You don't have any clue what they're going to encounter with the, when they get there. Jesus isn't giving them the details that we always want to know. If you go on and read the rest of the story, you'll see what happens. And perhaps they wouldn't have signed up for it had they known what they were going to encounter. 
But you see, the Lord's perspective is eternal. And when we ask Him for the details, when we insist on knowing what's going to happen when we get there before we sign up for the journey, guess who loses? We do. It's like when, my, when I'm babysitting my grandchildren. And they ask me things, and I just go, oh. you know, like the, the prototypical question, where do babies come from? I mean, how are you supposed to answer that question to a five-year-old? They have no perspective. They, they, they can't, it's not that you don't want to tell them, and it's not that you, don't, that you think it would be valuable to give them some sort of fairy tale answer to their question. It's you can't, they don't have any way to get a hold of what you want to tell them. They don't even know that what they're asking leads to an answer that's so complex. And so when we are saying, God, what would you have me do? It's like we're saying, God, where do babies come from? And we have no way to capture, to hold, to grasp, to process the answer he would give us. And so often the answer is silence. Not because we have an uncaring God, but because we always think of ourselves more highly than we ought. We always think, we can, sure, he could, well, I, I can reason with God. He could tell me. I can get it. <laughs> no. So guidance will begin with, it's not that God is uninterested in helping us to know where we're headed, but it's not going to be more than that. When you pray that prayer, Lord, what, do you what would you have me do? What am I supposed to do? Should I take this job or not? Should I buy this house or not? Should we have these kids or not? <laughs> you know, the answer to that one's probably no, but no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. When we pray that prayer, what you can expect is not more than, not more than, a mere glimpse of the destination. So don't let that frustrate you. Because that's enough. It's enough. All I need, I don't need veto power, and that's what a lot of it, this really boils down to. Let's admit it. What I want is veto power, so that if God, if the details about what's going to happen when I get there, are not to my liking, I can say, no, I think I'll take another course. Can we adjust this in some way, God? We want veto power. And it's not going to happen. But all we need is that, that glimpse of what's on the horizon, just enough to get sort of pointed in the right direction. That's all we need. And that's what he gave his disciples. Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. But what comes next is details for the next step. Let us cross over. So they're not going to go around. They're not going to fly there. They're going to cross over. He's given them specific detail about the next step. Not what they're going to do when they get there and all of that. But what do you do? And we often miss this because we're so intent on so... Uh, demanding of the details about the destination, we lose sight of the fact that he's giving us specifics about the next step. He, he's saying we're going to cross over. What's, I mean, there's so much in that. They got to find a boat. They got to pull up the anchor. They got to raise the sail. They got to figure out which, uh, how to, you know, which course they're going to take across. There's all sorts of things that come into play 
just about that, you know, the details of the next step. And if we will occupy ourselves with taking that next step, we will find there will be another one after that with details about that and another one after that and another one after that. I was talking to one of the young men in our congregation this morning before the 9 o'clock service and he asked me if I would complete a pastoral recommendation letter for him. Uh, He's considering, and has been for some time, uh, going to do a discipleship training school with uh, with Youth with a Mission mission in Germany. Uh, He's not certain yet if that's the Lord's will for him, but he's taking the next step. He doesn't know if this step is going to actually end up there in Germany or somewhere else, but he's saying, well, these are the things that I would need to do. I have a hunch I'm heading this way. These are the things I need to do now to take the next step. He's occupying himself with the stuff that God is giving him to do now. I got to get my pastor's recommendation letter. I got to get my finances in order. There's a lot of things in the here and now. Here's what happens, though, sometimes. We'll, again, we, we have to let go of our demand to know the end point because what, there is no end point. It's all about the journey. It is all about the journey. So we have to let go of our demand to know the end point because here's what will happen. You'll start to take these steps, one step at a time, The Lord goes before you, making it clear. But you'll get to this point where it'll go, wait a minute, you know what? If we're headed ultimately over there, how come come I'm going this way? This doesn't seem to make sense. Shouldn't we make a right turn here? We have to trust the Lord. Because I can guarantee you the path will not be a straight line. The journey is going to be all over the map because that's all that matters is the journey. You can trust him with the destination. Just be putting one foot ahead of another. Because he'll meet you there. He'll give you specifics about that. But another thing we see in this phrase, let us cross over to the other side of the lake, is there's the let us part. A promise of his presence. We're not alone. As we make this journey, as we pursue the will of God, he's not going to just say, all right, it's all up to you now. You figure it out. <laughs> He's going to be with us. We've been celebrating the presence of God this morning and there isn't any gift um, apart from salvation more precious to any of us than to know that for the reasons that blow my mind, God is with me. Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. But then there's, there's something none of us like. Between that statement, let us cross over to the other side of the lake, and them, arri- and them arriving in Gadara, there's a storm. There's a storm. There will always be a storm. There will always be, as we seek to pursue the will of God in our lives, a testing of our faith. Always. We already talked about that some because there's no other basis for a relationship but trust, but faith. And so that faith needs to be tested. Uh, 
And <laughs> a test of faith will always expose us to danger, real danger. Otherwise, there's no test, right? These, these disciples, these fishermen on the Sea of Galilee were so tested that they thought they were going to die. It was real exposure to danger. Now, I, I've used this illustration before, so uh, forgive me for those of you who have heard it, but, you know, I had the privilege, <laughs> using that word in quotes, of teaching all three of my children how to ride a bike. And now that they're adults, they have their own kids, they're teaching their kids how to ride a bike. You know that each of my children, in order for them to learn to ride a bike, I had to expose them to danger. I had to take the training wheels off. I had, you know, I could hold on to them for a while until they got their momentum up, but then, momentum up, but then I had to let go. And you know what? Every single one of them crashed and messed themselves up. <laughs> Every single one. How many of you had that experience? You know how to ride a bike? Because you had to crash and burn, right? <laughs> Our God is not interested in you being hurt in any way. He's not interested in you and me being, you know, crashing and burning. Don't get me wrong about that. But if there's no exposure to real risk, there is no faith. In fact, my, my pastor used to say that to me. It's just second nature to me now. It always comes to my mind when I think about faith. He said, if there's no risk, there's no faith. However, let me ask you this. Were the disciples ever really in danger? Weren't they as safe with the waves crashing over the boat, filling it so that it was starting to sink? The, all of the... Uh, swirling wind and rain and everything, weren't they as safe in that moment as they were after Jesus calmed the sea? Weren't they exactly as safe? They were. Why? Because they were with Jesus. And he already said, we're going to the other side of the lake. The, so, Yes, there will always be. Don't, don't let it undo you when you encounter those tests of faith and they are serious. Don't let it surprise you. Don't let it knock you for a loop. Does anybody ever say that phrase anymore? You know what I meant when I said that? I don't even know where that came from. Don't let it disturb you. He's with you. With Jesus in your boat, you are not going down. Now the tests of faith always also overwhelm our expertise. They have to. These guys were experts, as I've already said, about navigating the Sea of Galilee, about dealing with, with weather. But this was a storm over and beyond their expertise. And your tests of faith faith will be as well. They have to be. Don't let that disturb you. But tests of faith also always reveal the power of God. At the end of the day, you always come away with that reassurance. Wow, you really had this thing all along, didn't you? 
I, I am safe in your hands. I can trust you. You know, all of us here, you, you wouldn't be here this morning if this weren't true for you. As I, I know this is true even without asking. You want to be where God is. And you want to be engaged in the things that he's engaged in. You want to know what it's like to have the presence of the Lord guiding your life and filling your days. And and sometimes um, we feel like that that uh, desire is being um, derailed. That that's, we've lost sight of him. That we. We can't seem to, he's not, doesn't seem as close as he once did. Or when that's happening, it can seem exactly like it did to those disciples in the boat. Where'd he go? He's sleeping through it. No, he's there. And perhaps this morning, perhaps this morning, you're going through one of those tests of faith, those storms of life. I am. This week I heard from one of my family members about a thing that's just, uh, it's rocking my world. I don't know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. It's overwhelming. I mean, look, I, I always, like you, I always think I know what to do. I can handle this. But in this case, I don't. I don't. It's overwhelming my expertise. And there's real danger. Not so much for me, but for the one I love. But I know this. God is in my boat. It's not going down. There'll be a moment when he rises up and says, Stop it! Because that's who he is. This is recording number 11116 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Foursquare Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, August 3, 2014. This is the third message in a series by Randy Bolt titled, On the Road with Jesus. This message is titled, The Shelter in the Storm.